Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 107 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I chat with the one, the only, Kat Von D. Now, you may know her from her hit TV show, but Kat is so much more. She has a band, she's a singer, she's an author, she was the head of a huge makeup line, and yes, of course, she's the world's greatest tattoo artist, but she's also a mom and a sober girl. On this episode, Kat walks us through her recovery journey. I have to say this is probably one of my favorite episodes because Kat is just so open and honest and real, and it's such a refreshing conversation. In this episode, Kat walks us through her 13 years of sobriety. So, let's get into it. Being hungover, dragging ass, throwing up, blacking out, drunk texting your ex, and feeling like absolute shit is so 2019. It is Sober October 2020. You've seen where your drinking has taken you. Why not try something different? Live on the edge and see what you have to gain by going booze-free for the next 31 days. Take the 30 Days to Gain Booze-Free Challenge now. It starts as soon as you sign up. Take a walk on the wild side and start living. Join now at asobergirlsguide.com. Oh my god, Kat Wendy. Dude, I am so excited to talk to you. I'm going to oh, try really hard not to fangirl right now, but holy I, w- I was so excited when you reached out to me because I think, uh, I mean, people know me for all kinds of different things, but when it comes to like the sobriety world, it, it's, um, I don't know, it's touching on, on a whole different level. So I, I really get excited when people actually sh- like show interest in that um, topic. And I think, well, you, you know, like it's kind of hard for a lot of people to talk about it. So I don't know. I, I'm excited to, to be here to do that. Absolutely. And yes, people know you for a lot of different things. Like, 
I know you personally from, you know, uh, LA Inc. and Miami Inc. That's where yeah. I, I, you know, picked up. That's where my <laughs> relationship started with you um, yeah. on TV. And, but like, you have done so, so much in your, in your career and yeah. your personal life. You're an author too. You, this huge makeup line. Um, you're a tattoo artist, the best in the world. Oz. Yeah. Um, just a serial entrepreneur and now you're a mom to a beautiful boy. Uh, you have a husband and you're a sober girl and you're a singer. Like, dude, is there anything you cannot do? Um, I kind of suck at cooking. Okay, sweet. (laughs) But my husband's really good at it. So he, you know, he carries the weight on that for me at least. No, but yeah. Wow. So I wanted to talk about your like your recovery journey and, and where this yeah. started. I know you were on Miami Inc. and then of course LA Inc. And you were yeah. like partying and like living the true LA lifestyle. Like I did the same thing when I moved to LA. It was just like yeah. go crazy. Yeah. Um, can you can you kind of bring us back and what like cat was like? Yeah, sure. Recovery? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I mean I, I just I think I started drinking um, that, that was kind of like my, my gateway into everything was, was drinking. Um, you know, started off as something casual. You do parties or hanging out with friends and stuff. And, um, you know, it was, I didn't really seriously start drinking until, um, you know, say probably, um, uh, my, my twenties, maybe it was just that, that, um, that age that, um, you know, you're able to go to bars and do all the stuff. And, um, but, I, I started realizing I was using it more as a coping mechanism more than anything because I'm not socially awkward and I'm not scared or anything, but I definitely, if I could choose to be alone, uh, I would I would choose that over going to a party. And mm. so I think, um, you know, when there's this pressure to, to socialize all the time, um, you know, it, it just, it, it's exhausting. And I, I just started seeing that as kind of the pattern, um, you know, uh, living in LA, there's so much stuff to do. And the tattoo mm-hmm. shop that I worked at the time was um, right near Hollywood Boulevard. And there was just uh, a lot of like, bars and parties and things happening all the time. So I just remember my schedule was just like packed, not just with work, but just with going out. And, um, and I think it was, it was fun. Um, you know, I, I would consider it fun in the beginning until, you know, it's, it starts taking a toll. And I should back up by saying, you know, I started tattooing when I was 14 years old. I got into my first tattoo shop when I was 16 and um, I knew from the very first tattoo I ever did that this was my calling and this is something that um, was pretty sacred to me. You know, it was my my longest friend that I've ever had in my life. And so at a very early age, I always I made this promise to myself that if ever anything were to get in the way of my ability to tattoo and um, and do what I love that I would cut that out. And, you know, there, there would be times where I would have relationships that got in the way and I would easily cut them out. So, you know, eventually when it started, when drinking, partying interfered with tattooing, um, you know, it was, it was pretty obvious what I had to do. I, I had to choose. And, you know, I have a lot of friends that, that can drink and, um, you know, on the weekends or have a glass of wine and stuff and they're fine. And unfortunately, I didn't get that gene, you know, I didn't get yeah. that gene passed down to me. For me. It's like, I don't know what one beer is. I, I know what um, bottles of tequila are and, um, and, you know, 
it no longer is fun at that point. And so, you know, there, there was like a realization and that I had to come to terms with. It was like, um, you know, I I had to give myself an ultimatum. And um, I think, I mean, I think it was, it was hard in some ways. Um, I think it, I think it was simple though. Like when I, when I look back about like, you know, I don't think it was easy, but I think it was simple. You know, it's like, you just have to choose. And a lot of people, I mean, it's hard, harder for some to choose, you know, to delete friends or people in your life that you've had for a long time or, you know, or people that you thought were your friends and they actually weren't. And they're just, you know, using you as pretty favor, which was was my case. And so, you know, I, I literally went through my phone and deleted every drug dealer, every friend that, you know, only calls me to, to go drinking or whatever it was and just started with a clean slate. So, um, you know, I think, I think a lot of depression sunk in at the time. And I think that's, uh, part of the self-realization process and, and yeah. Um, but it's been, I think, let's see, I, I'm starting to lose count now because my, <laughs> my, my sober birthday or anniversary is on July 7th. And so I just celebrated 13 years. Whoa. So, um, yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> That's incredible. Did yeah. Did you ever think like that you, when you started this, that you, no, you I never years? thought I would be excited about it. I, I get more excited about my sober anniversary than I do for my actual birthday. Oh, and, me too, uh, for but sure. the truth is, is that, you know, if it wasn't for my sobriety, I wouldn't be able to do any of the things that, you know, you listed earlier, at least not at the capacity that I want to. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I, not bashing those that can balance, um, you know, the occasional drinking or whatever, and that they don't turn into complete monsters like I did. But, um, you know, I, I personally am, I'm incapable of that. And I'm okay with saying that. So, um, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 I, I'm a big cheerleader for sobriety because it's a lot brighter on this side. You no, know? like no more hangovers. You can think clearly. You remember all your memories, Hell yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> I know not everybody will agree with that. And I think some people think, oh, well, what do you do all day? You know, it's like, well, I don't know. I, I, I can give you a list of a million things that I, you know, I want to do. And um, I can give you a list of a million things that I probably won't be able to do in my lifetime and I'll just die trying. And so, um, you know, sobriety is a big part of that. And um, I, would be, I wouldn't just be throwing my, you know, 13 years of sobriety away. I'd be throwing my life away. And, um, you know, for... A lot of my friends that are, you know, in the program and uh, dealt with, you know, even gnarlier drugs than I did, like, it is a matter of life or death. And so, you know, I don't know, there's a lot of people that kind of, you know, think it's, think it's, a, it's funny or they make light of it when in reality, uh, I always try to encourage people to tread lightly when, when joking about someone's sobriety journey because you just, you, you just don't know. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted to circle back about, you know, how you actually made it happen like how you said you were like cutting people out of your life yeah that's that can seem kind of scary and lonely and sad and terribly sad but um but at the same time you you open up space to to make real relationships you know and i think that um that wasn't a fast process it didn't happen overnight but um you know i i realized i was hanging out with very superficial people and um or or i don't know if i want to say superficial but they're very on the surface you know um they just they're here for a good time you know and and that's okay you know like that's that's part of people's journeys but uh i'm not judging them i just know for me it wasn't helpful and those relationships 
weren't of service to myself or that other person. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it sucks. And I, I know that a lot of people end up, um, you know, hitting rock bottom and then going to whether they go to rehab or programs. And I, I've always been a lone wolf about it, you know? And so I just, um, although I didn't go to meetings, you know, I just, I picked up the big book and I read it front to back and actually worked it on my own, which um, it's not something I would necessarily recommend because I know that that's like people have their own ways of how they do it. But for me, mm-hmm. that, that worked really well. And I think, you know, if, if I have to, um, and hopefully I can talk a little bit about my, my perception of AA and, and why I Absolutely. think it didn't work for me mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, especially in Los Angeles, it's like, you really have to find meetings that um, are not social circles. And I think that that's really important. Although I think social circles do appeal to some people. And if that's what it takes to, to, you know, get you on your journey, that's, that's cool too. But for me, it was like, I did want to be anonymous. I didn't want, you know, the, um, the pressure of other people talking about my journey, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. it, it was, it was a challenge to be honest. Like I would go to certain meetings. This is, you know, back when Twitter was going crazy and stuff and, and people would tweet about seeing me at, at meetings. And I just remember feeling really, yeah, it just felt like really, um, like unsafe, you know? And so, and I don't think that's, that happens to everybody, obviously, but, um, I've always been, uh, sorry, that's my cat in the background, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, I, I feel like, uh, you know, if there's anybody out there that does go to meetings and finds himself gossiping, you know, to, just to urge you to please not do that. Cause you know, you, you don't know how much of that is interfering with somebody's, um, you know, challenges and whatnot. But I mean, I, thankfully I, I was strong enough to just do it on my own and, yeah. um, and yeah. Oh, but, that sounds brutal. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, like, I, everyone has their own support systems too. You know, I was lucky yeah. to have a lot of friends, um, that were already sober and that were, pretty much welcoming, welcoming me with open arms. And, um, you know, I think that was really important because there's a lot of shame that happens. I think when you start realizing, you know, what you've become and mm-hmm. some of the decisions that you've made. And I don't know. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. Yeah, some of the choices <laughs> that we've made yeah. maybe aren't like the most favorable or recommended, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, such as life. Yeah. Um, how did you kind of also go about like breaking your habits, like, you know, being, yeah. you know, working in, in the middle of Hollywood. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. It's so yeah. easy just to skip right over there. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were just places I couldn't go to anymore. Like my favorite, mm. my favorite bar on Sunset, like people already knew my favorite drinks there. And when I would go there, they would be waiting for me. And I just, in the right. beginning, I knew that I wasn't strong enough to um, say no. And so I just didn't allow myself to go. I mean, now I, yeah. I, I can nothing phases me. I mean, I choose not to be around a lot of that stuff just because I, I don't feel like it. But yeah. um, if somebody's drinking in front of me, it, it's not, I'm not triggered by it in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, what does, this might be a funny question, but what does 13 years like feel like? I know, <laughs> like I just turned three oh, um, awesome. a couple of months ago. Um, and I thought, honestly, I'm like, this is it. Like I've reached my peak sober potential it's all downhill from here like no no fucking way (laughs) I like got so much rockier it was crazy yeah like how so I mean also it was also COVID related yeah yeah like shit's been rough right oh I've had three friends relapse during this time and uh it's been been hard to to watch you know Mm -hmm. um I don't think that Zoom meetings cut it the same as when you're in person, you know? And, you know, I think more than anything right now, it's important to check in on our friends and be as supportive as possible, um, especially like if people are are really isolating. And, um, but yeah, I think that's been a challenge for a lot of people. Yeah. What do you do during this time? Oh man, I run. I literally like, I have to run out of my body. Yeah. I have to move. Yeah. Um, or else I feel just in like insane. I, I feel like yeah. I can't get out of my own head. What do you do? Um, I, I keep productive like the same, you know, I think, yeah. it, I think that's really crucial. I think um, it's a dangerous thing to, um, you know, you say, well, like it's just a week or it's just two weeks. It's just two months. Like mm-hmm. I'll just chill or I'll watch binge watch this or whatever. And it's like, keep that structure of like your day going. And yeah. Um, I guess it's a little bit easier for me because I have a baby and I don't have a choice in the matter. (laughs) I have to wake up at fucking 7am no matter what. (laughs) Whenever he wakes up, I'm up. But but I think on on the other side of it, like uh, when the lockdown first started, uh, you know, they gave us what, like a day or two notice. And uh, we were in the middle of starting rehearsals. And so my bandmates, we have like a guest house here. And so we basically set up here and quarantined prior to the lockdown just so that we could um continue to be productive and every day from noon to five we worked on music and it was like it was nice to have that schedule you know that consistency um so that that helped a lot 
Um, yeah. But <laughs> we didn't we didn't kill each other. We didn't get too sick of each other through that process. <laughs> thankfully. Yeah, that's a good idea to keep people in your bubble. Yeah, it's yeah. A good way to keep everyone close. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, definitely keeping productive, keeping up like that schedule. Um, yeah, because I think a lot of people like should just hit the fan, like literally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people didn't know what to do. They're so displaced. Um, They're losing their jobs, all that, mm -hmm. you know, scary times. Yep, definitely. Definitely. Um, I also want to know how you kind of like practice your sobriety or keep yourself in check. Like, are there things that you'd still do? You know, I know you're 13 years old. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, I definitely always celebrate that day. Um, But I I guess, I don't know. I Like I said, I'm not one that goes to meetings um mm-hmm. so whereas most of my sober friends do and i think that that's so important and that's so great um but i'm also you know in all honesty i'm such a hermit and i like really don't go out much anyway so um yeah. i don't know i think that i think the social aspect of it is like a little bit daunting to me but uh but yeah. i think i just surround myself around um like-minded people and i think that you know the whole water seeks its own level thing like going back to when I, when I, like the first week that I decided to stop drinking and doing drugs, I, I, I just remember it kind of happened naturally. Like mm-hmm. the minute you, you make that space and you stop hanging out with these people, like you, or, you know, whoever's been toxic in your life, like you just, you have more time to entertain those that, that will bring something to the table. So, I mean, that's, I don't know, I'd say like a, ma- a majority of my friends are, are, you know, strictly sober. My husband is and really, um, yeah, my, my, my bandmates are, I mean, with the exception of one that, you know, has like casual wine or whatever, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, ev- everyone else in the band is, is sober. Like, um, yeah. you know, uh, wow. they're in the gang. <laughs> so yeah. And, and it, it didn't happen. It wasn't part of the, you know, prerequisite to join the band. It just <laughs> happened naturally. So I think these things just happen, you know, and I think yeah. it, you just have to be open and patient with it. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely like what you put out there you you will you will get. And I, yeah. I totally I totally agree with that. Like even down to it's so bizarre. I was like renting my place like on Airbnb uh, in LA. Yeah. And everyone I kept renting to. And I would say like, hey, there's like booze in the freezer, like help yeah. yourself. Because I yeah. I'm fine. I can have yeah, it. Yeah. And everyone I rented to was sober. That's so crazy, like, huh? What? <laughs> It's so bizarre when, yeah. when you kind of like open yourself up to this and like really, you know, focus. I mean, where your focus goes, like yeah. that's, that's what you bring into your life. Yeah. So oh. it was so cool. I'm like, okay, cool. I guess yeah. I'm running a sober Airbnb. <laughs> what up? <laughs> like awesome. a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I wanted to also talk about motherhood. Yeah. How that's been. Yeah. Um, it's, any I mean, any tips awesome. there? Can I say it again? <laughs> any tips, tricks? Oh my God, I, I, I suck at giving advice, I think. But, but I feel like, um, you know, wrangling it back to the, the subject of sobriety and stuff, like, you know, my husband and I have talked about, like, how we would eventually talk to my son, Leafar about it. Because, um, as you know, I'm a pretty open book when it comes to it. I don't have a problem saying all the, the ways that I fucked up in the past and, um, and how I've been able to make amends with those things and grow as a person. So, um, and I've written books about it. So it's like, eventually I, I know that my son is going to 
learn about, you know, my past. And, um, and I think that that's going to be, I mean, I, I look forward to the, to that time when he does get older and I can have these open conversations with him because to be honest, my parents didn't, my parents, Mm. um, never, never talked to us about it other than just condemning drinking, you know, like that, that's, that's bad. Don't do that. You know, like, um, and so I, I don't, I just don't want to have that same relationship and I want to be able to, to like, you know, be honest with my son and have him hear you, hear you, uh, you know, as a parent and as a support system. And yeah, so I don't know. I think, um, I, I, I think that'll be an exciting bonding moment, but we'll, you know, we'll see <laughs> in my yeah. mind it is. <laughs> yeah. He'll sure. probably be like, shut up, mom. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. And then teenager that age hit like, oh snap. <laughs> yeah. Aw, that's so awesome. I yeah. mean um do you have any advice for those who are listening who are maybe thinking of of testing out sobriety or yeah. who are kind of going through it right now? Um, any kind of like words of advice that you you could offer? You know, I, I don't think I have any advice, but I can definitely say that like if I can do it, you can do it. I know it sounds cheesy, but honestly, like I was. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria LG Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. I mean, if I had to describe my non-sober self, it w- it's an alien to me. And that person um, was not a good friend. Uh, was not a good, you know, partner or a good employee or any of that stuff. And, um, and I, I was really quite reckless um, at my darkest times. And I said a lot of things that were hurtful to people and made a lot of, a lot of mistakes. But if, if I can get my shit together, I think I'm a good example because I was pretty bad and, um, <laughs> and life, life is great on the other side of it. So uh, yeah. m- my message has always been to anybody that's even feeling you know, the challenges of, of drinking or doing drugs that you're not alone because, um, I know for me, it was, it, it was quite lonely in the, in, in the beginning stages, at least it felt that way. Um, yeah. but I think the more and more we were able to talk about it and not be scared to talk about it, um, we'll be able to make others, you know, not feel so isolated in this world. 
Totally. I mean, especially now, like yeah. sobriety is kind of becoming like trendy almost. It's that's great. Cool, right. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's fantastic. And all these people like even on Instagram, there's a, as a great community and people talking and sharing their story. Yeah. And, like this is the whole point of this, right? Like the podcast is, yeah. is hearing people's stories and knowing that you're not alone because every time you know, you hear some, someone who's so influential like yourself talk about their troubles and their past. Yeah. You're like, holy shit, like I went through that too. Yeah. It makes it easier to make that change. And like you said, it was hard and lonely, but at the same time, it, it is kind of easy once you make that choice. Yeah. And I yeah. think this is what our life is all about, is all choices. Yeah. So yeah. what's your story? How, how did you get sober? Oh God! I'm sure you've already and, covered this a million times. Uh, well, uh, I was kind of in and out of AA for mm -hmm. about ten years. Um, yeah. Didn't really work for me. I needed something more in, like inspiring and forward thinking, motivating. Like I'm very like forward thinking, and I yeah, like, really like mentors. I'm like, okay, if she can do that, like I can do that too. Yeah. Um, and honestly, at the time, there was there wasn't really anything out there besides AA. Yeah. And I was a DJ in LA. I was a full-time DJ and like a sober DJ. Like what? It's like, <laughs> no. I have sober bartender friends. I'm like, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah. It was just like, it was not a cool thing or like even imaginable for me. Yeah. Um, so I, I just kept on going, you know, like you're paid to party. You're, yeah. I was actually encouraged to drink. Oh, party. sure. Um, so in and out of AA, that didn't work for me. Um, and then depression, anxiety just hit like no other, um, yeah. couldn't go to work. I was so debilitated by my, my anxiety that I felt I'm like, okay, if I can't go to work, like I'm not making money, I'm going to be homeless like pretty quick here. Yeah. I couldn't, you know, maintain my West Hollywood apartment. Um, <laughs> yeah. So things needed to change. And, and like you, once I made that decision to, to change and kind of went through my life with a fine tooth comb, I'm like, yo, like alcohol is not fitting into this equation. Yeah. It's, it's actually taking away everything that I love from my life and, and yeah. it. it's just ruining it. Yeah. So that's when I kind of began my journey and I started I'm blogging because you know, like every other millennial does. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was really cool. People like liked it or kind yeah. of related to it. And then like social media kind of caught on. And then the podcast, uh, I came up with that because I'm kind of a cheeky, sarcastic person. Yeah. That doesn't translate well on a blog. <laughs> so, whatever. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And I, I guess I kind of created what I needed yeah. at that time. Um, yeah. And then, so being, being able to have the podcast and share this space with like women like you is so, so important. And it's just the feedback that I get from That's the so podcast great. and hearing people's stories, like this is helping people. So I want to yeah. keep doing this Do and yeah. spreading the word. And I just love it. I, yeah. I love it. It's well, a great excuse. Too, like <laughs> how like being of service to others and helping others is like an easy way to keep yourself on track too you know For I mean sure. it's like but yeah I think that the I think right now too um I was talking to my friend uh Oren who who he's been like kind of like the rehab industry for a really long time and 
you were just saying that beds are so booked right now. And, um, oh. and I can only imagine, because I think that uh, these are, like you said, it, it is trying time. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, whenever there's those kind of triggers, um, you know, you see like a spike in relapses or people resorting to that. I know for me, like, I definitely um, used it as a cushion, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if it, it's interesting, you use it for stress, use it for celebrations, use it for anger, depression. It's like, yeah. but ultimately, like, you're just using it to like block reality. And, and I think that that's like a really scary thing for people. I know it was for me, you know, it's like, hey, there's underlining issues. It's not, it, when, when I think about it, it's not even actually the alcohol or the drugs, it's escapism because totally. looking in the mirror and like seeing what's really happening is like a lot harder. And it's so much easier to deal with a hangover than it is to like deal with, you know, traumas or, you know, shit that happened in your childhood or whatever it is that you're carrying with you. Yeah. But I don't know now, I, I, I think like once you start practicing, like, um, all that like inward, you know, internalizing, lo- looking at yourself, like yeah. it actually becomes a great exercise, you know? And, yeah. um, and that's one of the things that I've always loved about like the philosophy of AA. Like, even if you don't go to AA, even if you're not sober, like, I, I honestly always recommend that book because there's so many really great um, perspectives on lives. You know, like I always think yeah. about like, um, you know, when you like, I mean, this is a gross analogy, but like if you, <laughs> if you smell dog shit, like you should always like check your shoe first before assuming it's somebody else. And, and, yes. and I always, as, as like, you know, like what's your part in it? You know, like even when I have like an argument with my husband or, or a quarrel with a friend or something like first and foremost, I'm always going to look at like, what did I do? You know, like what did I contribute mm-hmm. to this and what could I have done better? And I think that like that th- sort of thinking is, um, it's just so so much more productive and i think it is a kind of a cornerstone of of sobriety in general you know instead of like blaming everybody else for you know all, all the fucked up shit everyone else has done and i'm sure they have done it yeah. it's like well how did i handle it or what did i contribute to that and or, or how many people do i need to um you know cut out before um i can start living a, a more you know toxic free life you know it's those things are so much more challenging um to deal with because you know they say like those things are sobering but they are you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well, owning yeah. your shit is is pretty yeah. sobering yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah that's that you just like nailed it yeah I, it's <laughs> it's so much easier to be an avoidant yeah yeah totally. so much easier until yeah. but, until it's like not though yeah you know i think also people who kind of choose like the sobriety path like i have found that most of them are quite empathetic people yeah and that is 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 why the motivation is there to drink to really turn off those emotions and avoid avoid that because sometimes it's too much like emotions are a lot yeah sure especially for for folks who are like empathetic it's like whoa yeah like 10 times too much yeah um but yeah, it, it, for empathetic people, like you can only like just avoid that crap for so long until yeah. it just eats you alive. Yeah, sure. And it's pretty, yeah. like it doesn't get any better. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, yeah. um, you know, I remember at the, like right before I got sober, I was, um, you know, in, in one of like the worst relationships I had ever been in. Um, you know, I very rarely ever talk about my first marriage because I kind of don't even count it as a real marriage because it was uh, such a 
a nightmare of a mess. You know, I got, I, I, I got married to somebody I didn't know who didn't even live in the state. He was every, everything about this person did not align with my values. Like mm. he was not a nice man. Like, <laughs> and I only knew him for, I think like a week or something. And in a drunken stupor, I got married and in in Vegas and which is really weird and I've gone to like years of therapy to try and figure out why I would do that because marriage is something I've always held really sacred and it isn't something that you know you just uh break up or get a divorce you know and so I remember you know waking up and going oh my god what have I done and how am I going to tell my family you know like to me it's like having my family be part of my marriage was a huge, you know, deal. And so now I've committed to this thing that's like, I mean, red flags all over it. And, and I was, you know, 22 or something like that at the time. Oh, wow. And, uh, and how am I going to tell my dad? And I remember him being so disappointed that I, I, some, in my mind, I just wanted to fix it. And so I thought I'm going to make this work and I'm going to make this super dysfunctional relationship work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, I'm, I would never blame someone else for my own actions, but like, I definitely like looking back now, I understand that, that, um, like if I fast forward to like the very end days of that relationship, I was standing on the curb of Hollywood and, um, and, uh, there was cars coming and I was so drunk and I just wanted to get drunk enough to have the the courage to jump in front of a car to make it stop. And I remember like, my friend saw me and grabbed me and she was just like, what are you doing? And, and, you know, I just needed that one moment of like, just waking up from whatever it was like, okay, I I need to get out of this marriage, you know? And like, and everybody's going to tell me I'm a failure and that's okay. And, but how can I like sign up for the rest of my life being so miserable? You know, like I I would just drink until I felt like uh, I could numb away everything. And it's like, I don't want to live this life. I don't want to live this way. I don't deserve to be, um, this miserable. And I definitely don't deserve to, I I shouldn't impose this misery on anybody, even if I, you know, didn't like the guy, you know, but but I remember I ended up having just to like put on these like mental blinders and just walk towards the light, you know, and just, um, as much as it was hard to like leave that person, like when I finally did, it was like a load was lifted. And I, I'm pretty certain it was about, you know, maybe two or three weeks later that I stopped drinking. And um, yeah, and, and so, you know, as much as of an asshole as that guy was, I, yeah. I'm so grateful to him to have pushed me to the point where, um, you know, I could make these like breakthroughs. Because um, I, I don't think I would be here if, if I had it. I, I yeah. know for a fact I wouldn't be here if I didn't get sober. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That, some, I, it, isn't it weird how like, amazing things come in pretty tough packages like yeah sure holy smokes and it's almost I mean now like as I mean you know I'm 38 or 39 I can't remember now (laughs) me neither I'm like oh my god that's like so embarrassing or I can't believe I was ever that weak and I can't and I'm like but fuck Mm -hmm. it you know you have to go through whatever you have to go through to get where you are now and um you know in that sense I don't have any regrets you know I, I I definitely made mistakes but you know, that, yeah. that was what I had to go through to, to get here. You know, I wouldn't be with my husband and I right. wouldn't have a kid now. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but do you think that experience like strengthened and secured like your values and your morals? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of these, these pressures that we put on our own self is like, 
we're, we are our own little ringleaders and um, making ourselves jump through all these unnecessary hoops, you know, and um, it's hard to find freedom to break away or the strength to break away. And, um, you know, I think for me, I had to get to that really dramatically low place of like despair and um, I guess lack of hope and, or just, you know, sense of giving up to be able to um, see through it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I don't know. Um, maybe if I had to do it again, I would do a lot of things differently, but <laughs> knowing what I know now, but maybe when put yourself through like all yeah. that turmoil. Yeah, sure. You don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I probably, if I, if I, I mean, fuck, if I would have known back then what I know now, I would have never drank ever. Yeah. You know, to be honest. True. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, life would have been so much more peaceful. Oh my, I could have gotten so much more done. <laughs> oh my gosh yes oh but now you know we just have the rest of our lives to do it (laughs) and I think you've done quite a lot (laughs) thanks in spite of yes yes oh yeah Kat it's been so awesome talking to you yeah oh my god dude thanks again for having me and I gotta tell you man I love what you're doing I love seeing your posts are are informative and so fucking hilarious like (laughs) I think what you're doing is so important and I hope you you continue to do this forever thank you (laughs) thanks I really appreciate that (laughs) yeah how incredibly sweet is Kat I love talking to her. I literally could have talked to her for the rest of the afternoon. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. You know I couldn't do this without you. And honestly, I hope I do get to do this forever. Um, I'm not going to let Kat down and I'm definitely not going to let you down. Please make sure to like, follow, rate, subscribe, and leave us some feedback about the podcast. We love to hear your comments and suggestions. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and don't forget about the blog. We have literally everything a sober girl could ever want, ever need. We have merch, we have downloadable workbooks and journals, we have the blog, we have tips and tricks keeping you lock, stocked, and loaded. Head to asobergirlsguide.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.